Space Cadets Radio presents the first episode of Season 1, Freighter 601, with a new opening scene. Space Cadets and the Legend of the Goliathon. Story by Brent Winzek and Jordan Stein. Sound design by Chris Shindigay and Man of Science Studios. March 19th, 2346 A.D. ICT-601 rumbles past like a diesel train engine. Its thrusters at full burn. Rust and old paint flake off its decrepit yellow hull as it tears through space. The ship's two helmsmen recline in their bucket seats, drinking beer and playing video games. They do not notice the green stingray on the console behind them nor the screens turning off one at a time. The ship shudders and the lights go out. What the hell? Paul, what's going on? The ship's dead. How can she be dead? I replenished the power cells before we left the barrier. Uh, I don't know, but it is. Look. Paul swats at the distress signal on the dash, but nothing happens no matter how many times he presses it. Okay, okay, I'll go check it out. Take your tools. Thanks, Mom. The auxiliary lights... Phil? Ah, Phil, you all right? A figure lunges from the shadows. Paul drops to the floor. As he chokes his last breath... He sees Phil's bloody corpse in the doorway. The attacker activates his wrist comm. Murray, restore emergency power. Oh, hi, Captain. Everyone else, meet me by the hatch on deck eight. Aye, sir. Copy that. Casually, a Labarat presses the distress signal. He pulls a red marble from his pocket, tossing it onto the seat before he strolls out. Episode 1, Freighter 601. March 19th, 2346 AD, the ISF Ulaki, interstellar ship of the fleet, drifts around a small beige moon. Inside the cockpit, a fresh-faced recruit reclines with his feet up on the console in front of him. The name badge on his metallic black jacket reads, Midshipman Walter Stanick. He brushes his fingers through his bristly almond brown crew cut, his attention focused on a large view screen of alternating surveillance footage. A green light blinks on the console, and he taps it with the tip of his boot. I almost gave up on you. I told you I'd be here when my shift ended. Plus, I like to keep you on your toes. Stanek grins at the sound of Demaria Cole's voice, thinking about her wavy strawberry blonde hair, crystal clear blue eyes, and the tattoos she never makes an effort to hide. So how'd your date go? <sighs> Don't get me started. Drake is such an ass. He took me to that gross bar down by the dockyard and talked about the Seahawk all night. I uh, don't know if I told you this, but uh, last week the Seahawk had a new watchmacaulay put in. <laughs> he never stops playing with his hair. I don't get that. When do you get back from training exercises? I need a normal date. Captain Billy's extended our tour by a day and a half. He wants me to captain all 36 hours. That's great, right? He's grooming you for a command position. Yeah, unless I screw it up. But it's smooth sailing so far. <laughs> 
I'd rather get back sooner so I could take you to the dockyard. <laughs> well, I swear if you... Oh, hey, hold on a sec. Freighter 601, what's your situation? Over. Alert. SOS. Interstellar commercial transit. Freighter 601, this is Pan Motion Surveillance Station Alert. 33 contacting SOS. you in response to an SOS. Come in, please. Over. Alert. SOS. Walter, you still there? What's wrong? You've got an SOS about 12 AKs from your position. No radio contact. Think you guys could take a look? I'll log the situation in case it puts you behind. Oh, this should be fun. Jablon without his six hours. In the Yalaki sleeping quarters, Jablon, a burly young man with a square jaw framed by a neat beard, punches the bunk above his and crams his pillow over his head. Damn it! Cliptock leaps off the top bunk. She is a slender, Cliptorgian girl with short, jet black hair, a pointed nose, and milky white skin. Yanking the pillow away from Jablon's head, she smacks him with it playfully. Come on, get up, you big baby. It's just another drill. Hank, buddy, you up? Cliptock raps gently on a portal in the wall where royal blue water sloshes around on the other side of the glass. A webbed yellow hand with purple speckles appears, giving a thumbs up. Cliptock bounds into the hallway and spins open a hatch door, revealing a pair of black robotic legs. Hank climbs down the ladder, water puddling on the floor as he slips his waist into the legs. Apart from the wing-like membrane connecting his arms to his torso, Hank, the Hulgarian, is fairly human from the waist up. At the pelvis, however, his body tapers into a manta ray tail. He wears a purple wetsuit and helmet which drizzles water over his glowing turquoise eyes. Hank twists into his robotic legs and steps forward, racing down the hall with Cliptock. Jablon lumbers into the cockpit, his hair sticking straight up, and sits at the helm. Overriding autopilot. Attention! Captain Billy on the bridge. At ease. Stanek, you're in command. Log it, Captain. Sir, yes, sir. Okay, here's the situation. Not far away, Freighter 601 floats amidst a field of asteroids, a fire burning inside the cockpit. It resembles a gigantic diesel train engine, and the label ICT-601 is emblazoned on the decrepit yellow hull in tall red letters. The Hologian stingray clings to the side of the freighter like an angry scavenger. A pirate flag hangs lazily from its main mast, and it resembles a warthog fighter jet with several alterations, including a set of rocket engines and a pair of ship masts complete with tattered sails. Inside freighter 601, Eight levels of red metal catwalks line the perimeter of a cavernous cargo bay. On the top level, four ragtag-looking pirates stand near a circular emergency hatch. Eldadip, a young Kleptorgian girl, stands at the head of the group. Veston, you oaf. Your rifle's armed. Eldadip disarms the rifle and swats at Veston's head. He is a tall, athletic man with a chiseled jawline, sporting a cavalier hat and a bandana that shrouds the right half of his face. Don't look at me. Nadadar can't keep his paws off. I touch nothing. Next to Veston, Nadadarg heaves like a rabid dog. His eyes are beady, his snout wolf-like. Seven feet tall and bulging with muscle, he's covered in thick white fur. It must have been the little boy. Hey, lay off, dog breath. He pokes Pockham a thin kid wearing a horned Viking helmet. Don't call me that. Wait, that's enough. I don't care how it happened. Just power down your firearms before one of you does something stupid. Captain Elaborap marches up the stairs, wiping blood from the blade of his cutlass. 
He is a fit, middle-aged pirate with a bushy beard and wavy blonde hair tucked neatly under a tricorn hat. As he adjusts the giant turtle shell on his back, he glares at his crew. The pirates stand at attention as Elaborap pulls up the sleeve of his maroon jacket, speaking into his wrist comm. Murray, status update. Military vessel inbound. Detaching now. Argyle Socks, a genteel man with dark features and a prominent triangular nose, stumbles up the catwalk stairs and snaps to attention. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I will reiterate. This is not a routine attack. There will be no plundering or pillaging. We move in, get the data Argyle needs, and get out. If you foul this up, I'll kill you myself. Umbilicus Connector sealed, sir. Ready to move on your command. Veston, don't move until they think they've got us cornered. Aye, sir. Argyle, come with us. There's no one here, Captain. I can see that. Just head for the cockpit and stay close. Freeze! Hands in the air. You've got nowhere to go. <laughs> Come now. I don't think you're thick enough to use those on board. Try me. You're either very brave or very foolish. Elaborap flicks a marble-sized object into the cockpit. A cloud of green smoke erupts, and Elaborap kicks Stanek's legs out, knocking his pistol away. Argyle and Eldadip back Jablon into a corner as Elaborap touches the point of his sword to Stanek's throat. Down the hall, Nadadarg lunges from the umbilicus, tackling Hank and Billy. Cliptok ducks away, locking swords with Veston before Pockham restrains her. We have the bridge. Argyle, stay with me. Veston, lock up the crew and wait for my orders. Gligorg, see to it that we're ready to disembark. Gligorg the Falamon pokes his reptilian head out of the shell on Elaborap's back, most of his face concealed within a leathery red battle helmet. Aye, Captain. Gligorg pops his scaly black legs and arms out of his shell, revealing his three-foot-tall bipedal stature. He pulls his chest off of Elaborap's back and skitters out of the Ulaki. Get to work, Argyle. Access denied. Damn. Captain's clearance required. I thought you could get around this garbage. Usually, yes, but there are too many fail-safes on a training vessel. There's no way to access the files without the captain's passcode. Here we are. Uh, active captain is Walter Stanek. Veston, bring me Walter Stanek. Aye, sir. Are you sure you want him? His badge says he's a midshipman. There's an older guy who might- No, no. We want Captain Stanek. What's your passcode? <coughs> Pass code. Go to hell. <coughs> I can do this all day, Captain. Below decks in the Yalaki brig, Jablon paces while Cliptock and Hank crouch in a corner. Captain Billy, however, kneels on the floor, feeling around along the metal panels. Cliptock, give me a hand. What are you doing? Rule number one, know your ship. There's a power conduit that runs along here. If we crack it open, we'll trip the security systems. And the turrets do a retinal scan before they open fire. Exactly. Eldadip, they've got it. Let's go. Help me with this. Let's get out of here. Eldadip and Veston drag a bloodied Stanek as they follow Argyle Socks and Elaborap through the cargo bay of Freighter 601. How are you planning to deal with the prisoner? I'm not taking any prisoners. You stay here and deal with the captain. 
Report back to the ship when you're finished. What exactly am I supposed to do with him? Elder Dip? Here, strap into these. Should give us some fireworks on the way out. We'll need ten minutes to get clear of the blast, so give me a heads up. And don't start the timer till you're ready to make a run for it. Veston and Eldadip drop Stanek and march out, flanking Captain Elaborap. Argyle crouches down and binds Stanek's arms and legs. He sets Eldadip's explosives next to the battered Stanek, then frowns, moving them a few feet away from the prisoner. Argyle socks tinkers with a digital counter, which reads 10 minutes. He stands, studies the scene for a moment, then draws a knife. Stanek clenches his eyes shut, waiting for the jab. But instead, Argyle cuts him free. Eldadip, we're good to go here. Copy that. Stanek looks up at Argyle, who winks and runs away. Meanwhile, back in the Ulaki, Captain Billy leads his crew into the cockpit. Walter? Captain, blood on the floor. And a few drops trailing down the hallway. They took him. Damn it. All right, Hank and Jablon, prepare the ship for takeoff. Kliptok, search the computers and figure out what they did. I am going after Walt. Captain Billy hustles into the catwalks of Freighter 601. He peers down the stairs where Stanek has dragged himself up the first landing, leaving streaks of blood in his wake. As Billy crouches, slinging Stanek over his shoulder, he sees the countdown on the explosives, three minutes and 47 seconds. Hang on, soldier. <sighs> Hank and Kliptok sit in the back of the Yulaki cockpit, working vigorously at their consoles. Jablon stands at the helm in front of them, watching a clock next to the steering wheel, shaking his head. Found it. Apparently the ISF has a classified file codenamed Goliathan. Like in the old myths? Yeah, strange. Where are they? With 49 seconds to go, Captain Billy drops Stanek on the trembling rubber of the umbilicus. Walter! I, I, I gave them the code. I'm sorry. Come on, we've got to move. As the explosion tears through the freighter, Stanek is flung forward out of the umbilicus and into the Yulaki hallway. He stumbles to his feet, turning back. Captain! Stanek reaches out for Billy, but the Yulaki blast doors clamp down on his right arm. Trapped inside the umbilicus connector, flames lick over Billy as he reaches up, pushing Stanek free before the blast doors snap shut. Freighter 601 bursts apart, sending hunks of metal careening into the Yulaki. The Yulaki cockpit lurches and Kliptok jumps to her feet. She rushes out into the hallway, fighting to get to Stanek. He rocks on the floor, cradling the charred flesh of his right arm. I've got you. It's okay. Season 1, Space Cadets and the Legend of the Goliathan is available now on SpaceCadetsRadio.com and your favorite podcast app. Coming soon, Space Cadets and the Pirates of the Outer Rim, the next chapter of our sci-fi radio drama. Get updates on Season 2 and new entries in our listener's guide at SpaceCadetsRadio.com. Season 1, Space Cadets and the Legend of the Goliathan, a Space Cadets radio production. Written by Brent Winzik and Jordan Stein. Sound designed by Chris Shendigay. Chris Shendigay as prologue narrator. Paul Guyatt as helmsman Phil, Murray, and Veston. Philip Maniachi as helmsman Paul. Andre Zagara as Captain Elaborap. Matthew Whitfield as episode narrator. Mark Bannock as Walter Stanek. Claire Sanderson as Damaria Cole. Max Demirs as Jablon. Emily Batsford as Clip Talk. Gino Hill as Hank. Jimmy Wilson as Captain Billy. 
Lily Dormant as Elda Dip and Computer Voice, Nate Fessler as Argyle Socks, Jordan Stein as Nodadarg, and Kyle Salee as Gleegorg and Pockham. <laughs>